Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less. So good to be here with you again. It's been a while. It wasn't my intention, but it's been it's been a busy time for us here at the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less. Uh, especially, particularly um, involving lots of unrelated to the Ezra Lip Hour, more or less projects, which I I'm shamelessly gonna plug here, because okay, here's the thing. As you know, I have this band that I am in uh, because it's the band that I started this past year. It's called Magic in the Other. Um, if you haven't checked us out yet, what are you waiting for? Because uh, it's really good stuff. I really believe in it. I'm really proud of this band, and I really just want to share that right now. Um, if you're listening to this before December 7th, 2017, we are in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign to raise funds to record our debut album, which we have dates to do so in December and January, so time is of the essence, and if we don't reach our funding goals by December 7th, we don't get any of the money, and uh, if that doesn't happen, um, I'm not not really sure what's going to happen. But hopefully, uh, hopefully we can we can just the plan A will work. So I'll just say, um, if you have been enjoying this podcast, or maybe it's your first time listening, and maybe you are about to enjoy it, or um, you know me and my music at all, and have seen me play over the years. Um, or if, 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 if you've ever thought about giving back in any way, um, this Kickstarter for Magic and the Other is a great opportunity and it would mean so much. I, I really want to see this m- record come to life and be made. Um, you can learn more about the project as well as see a very entertaining video. I know I'm biased, but I must say it's, it's quite funny that I made uh, talking about the project. If you Google um, Magic and the Other and Kickstarter or you can go to magicintheother.net to find that. I'm going to put a link to the Kickstarter campaign in the show notes so you can access it directly from there. In fact, why don't you just pause this podcast right now? Yep, just pause it. Well, after I say this next thing, click on that link and please contribute. It would mean the world. And then if you're in the Bay Area, we got a few more shows coming up with our Ivy Room residency, including this coming Wednesday night, November 29th, with Reed Mathis and friends. Reed was on the podcast. He was episode four, still one of the most highly regarded episodes and popular episodes. If you haven't checked that one out, Reed has uh, a lot of great things to say. So um, you can go back in the archives and check that out. And then uh, December 6th with my good buddies Fairlons, and then December 20th will be our last big final blowout, Magic and the Other with Friends, with lots of special guests, TBA, so um, if you've been thinking about coming out and checking out any of those shows, please do. We'd love to see you. Okay, back to podcast-related stuff. So my guest today, I would say without hesitation, and I, and I don't take this lightly, that at least in my humble opinion, he is amongst the greatest songwriters of this generation or his generation or however you want to say it. He's, he's a fantastic songwriter and... I've been a fan of his for for many years. I first came across Nathan Moore in 2000 uh, when I saw his band The Amusement open up for my favorite band The Slip at the Somerville Theater in Somerville, Mass. I was uh, a senior in high school, and that's kind of when Nathan first got on my map. 
but I've seen him play many times over the years, um, both as a solo troubadour folk artist, which he excels at and uh, has released many, many records and has released hundreds of songs in that format. He, he is also one of the most prolific songwriters that I've ever come across. Um, I've also seen him in his band, The Amusement, which were mostly active between 1994 and 2000 when uh, he met David Tiller and Amy Curl and then eventually would add Jeff Sussman and Enyan Pelta Tiller to the band. And then they also were active around 2003 to 2007. And um, around 2004, he teamed up with uh, the guys from The Slip who were um, his favorite band and formed the amazing band Surprise Me Mr. Davis, which was a which was a collaboration between Brad Barr, Andrew Barr, and Mark Friedman of The Slip. I also had Brad Barr in this podcast. Go, go check that out. And Nathan Moore. And then later they would add Marco Benevento, another podcast alum, to form Surprise Me Mr. Davis, which was a, a very cool um, rock and roll band that if you have gotten a chance to see over the years, I know um, they left a mark on you. Also one of my favorite bands. And then um, Nathan, let's see, man, there's so much. In in around uh, 2011, he embarked on the Hippie Fiasco Tour. That's hippie with a Y and not an IE. And uh, that sparked from a festival that Nathan came out to play in Northern California that was kind of a mess and he ended up not getting paid flew out all the way from Virginia was the festival organizers took a big hit they were unable to pay Nathan so um, him along with uh, with Chad Galactic and Liz Bunny decided to uh, go out and just do a spontaneous week-long Northern California tour where they would only play uh, at house concerts that they were invited to, and they arranged it all very much on the fly and um, ended up being a, a very great trip, which inspired Nathan to continue that same concept later later that next year. And they involved, they embarked the, that same crew on a, uh, I think about a year-long, or the better part of a year-long um, nationwide tour where they were playing hippie fiascos in cities across the country only by invitation only house concerts and then uh the other interesting component is that they live streamed their entire experience 24 7 you could tune on the internet see what was happening with the hippie fiasco crew comment they would interact with you uh it was it was it was quite quite uh i don't know if that's before it's time or or exactly on its time but but it, it's something and then um later later they nathan would make the hippie fiasco record which he did by um recording songs from the hippie fiasco tour and um requesting friends and other artists collaborators to contribute um contribute tracks to the record and he got over 300 submissions of of you know everything from different group vocal tracks and and weird pump organs and drums and and percussion and and guitar overdubs. I I played drums on a, a several tunes on that record, um, which I I got to record with Nathan at the house he was staying in in San Francisco, and uh, he live streamed that entire process too. So so this is a little about the Hippie Fiasco tour, and then um, 
after after a couple tours with Hippie Fiasco, he would go back to Stanton and start Revolution Radio, which was a live radio show that he would do from his basement. Uh, he would get friends and fellow musicians that were were coming through town to to do live radio segments, and then when it wasn't live, he would play twenty four seven from his catalog. Uh, which is vast, as well as friend submissions and other bands' uh, submissions. So it, it's it's uh, he he's quite an extraordinary guy. Uh, and then most recently, him as well as good friend Lex Park, bass player, have emerged with this new project called The Whole Other, which is basically Nathan Mortune's electrified um, with loops and uh, electronic textures added to the music that are created um, both pre-recorded and on the spot. And uh, it's it's a very cool collaboration. Nathan is playing electric guitar for the first time. Uh, and they just did a whole West Coast, California, Oregon tour. And uh, and and he's about to go on tour with the Bar Brothers as a, as, a, as a folk singer, solo troubadour again. So I just say all this to try to give you a little bit of the essence that is Nathan Moore. It's it's a if you've ever been around Nathan you've you've caught a glimpse of it he is he is not your average bear he is uh, a very engaging talented big hearted giant of of a man who uh, who who adds a lot of um, a lot of of goodness and and specialness to many people's lives including my own and and I'm just gonna share one more one more personal story um, relating to Nathan and. Uh, because now feels like if there's any time to speak about this publicly, I'll just say that. Um, so the slip, which was a trio formed by Brad Barr, Andrew Barr, and Mark Friedman um, in around 1997, was was pretty much my favorite band when they were active from the time when I first saw them as a freshman in high school in 1998 to about the time they disbanded in 2000. Uh, well, they're they're kind of not fully disbanded ever, but kind of tailored tailored off around 2010. Andrew and Brad, of course, now have the Bar Brothers, which are an amazing band. You should check them out. They'll be at the Great American Music Hall December 13th. Anyway, The Slip were my favorite band. I uh, was introduced to Nathan Moore by The Slip. He became one of my favorite songwriters. They formed Surprise Me, Mr. Davis, which became one of my favorite bands very quickly. And then in uh, 2007... I was living in California, uh, just moved out the previous year, trying to play music, substitute teaching, and then one day I got a call from my uh, by buddy Andrew Barr, the drummer from The Slip and Surprise Mr. Davis, who uh, also had been probably my most influential drum teacher when I started studying with him when I was uh, when I was 19. And Andrew said, "Hey Ezra, what are you up to?" Um, so surprise me, Mr. Davis has these shows coming up in December, and uh, we're playing to the Independent, and we're playing two nights at Mo's Alley's in Mount Mo's Alley in Santa Cruz with the Mother Hips. And unfortunately, I I can't make these other two shows. I have this opportunity that I I just I just have to have to take. We were wondering if you would want to play drums for those shows, and I just about uh, you know, my heart stopped and. Um, of course, I I accepted the invitation, even though I thought it might have been a little out of my league, but was extremely honored and flattered 
about that. And uh, yeah, I ended up I ended up filling in the only time Andrew has ever gotten a sub for that band. And uh, of course, you know, naturally, I I my 24 year old um, adrenaline in, infused self, I I would say I I, I crushed the shows and. A good time was had by all, and uh, it remains to be one of the the biggest thrills and honors in my life. Um, I love all those guys, and uh, it was great to uh, get to get to do that. Anyway, I'm I'm blabbering, I know, but this is a really special episode. So, uh, all right, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. Without much further ado, please welcome and enjoy this this wide-ranging conversation I had with the man, the myth, the legend, Nathan Moore. No caller ID, I don't know. You, you know, you, you can never know, so it, it, I think you should trust your instincts. Oh, this Is this Ezra? <laughs> it is. Glad I answered. Glad yeah. I answered. Yeah. You know, I don't really talk. Um, I don't talk on the phone. Okay, where do you, do you just talk like the old-fashioned way? <laughs> the phone sort of would be the old-fashioned way for people at a distance, <laughs> but I, I, yeah. Otherwise, but uh, yeah, it's it's amazing how little I talk on the phone anymore. Well, I'm 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 very happy to get a chance to chat with you. Yeah, me uh, back at you, Mister yeah. New Caller ID. How you been? Oh, that's my least favorite question. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> geez. Well, we're off to a good start. Um, well, um, what did you do? How was your day? It's a, it's a, it's a way for for some personalities. I it might not be true for everyone. And sometimes I can completely let go of this and realize, look, Nathan, it's just a social norm. Just say fine and move on. But still. Right. Almost every time I've I've written about this in songs before, like I, it it fills me with panic. Hey, how you doing? How you been? Oh my god! Like uh, and why? Where does that, where does that panic come from? I I don't know. I guess I just I guess I take it so deeply. Yeah, I take it so deeply serious. I I don't I don't know. I I, I guess I, I guess because I don't have an answer for for it in 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 terms of like because if i just say fine that's not gonna like that's not gonna do it like it no matter what it's gonna be it whether it's good or bad or or where it exists on this spectrum of all that it's gonna be more uh excited than that then fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yep. But uh, but I don't. I, it, it's it's a tough one. I I, I feel like there it's uh, a scream or something would be the appropriate answer, but not necessarily <laughs> a good scream or a bad scream. But some kind of scream seems like the answer, and and so I'm I, I'm immediately trying to to not scream when I when I when someone's like, hey, how you been? I'll uh, yeah, and, and I'll, I'll give it to you that as as a as as the person asking the question, it it just it 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 certainly can be. It, it's like a it's like a cop out. I mean, I might as well have just said, "Hey Nathan, say something interesting." You right, know? right. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm not really giving you much to work with. 
and I, I, I you know, I, I've seen myself do it a, a billion times as well. And I'm super conscious of it because I know I hate that question, and I've, I've gotten way better at it. You're, if, if, if I see you, uh, I'm way more likely to say, "It's good to see you, man." Mm. You know, just to, right. to give something right out of the gate. Yeah. Because right. I don't, I don't know what's going of... on with you. I don't know, like you know, how you're feeling. You might have a rash on your thigh that's driving you crazy. You, you know, there's, there's, there's always just so many things going on with somebody, from their body to their psyche to their soul to stuff that's going on in their life. They might have just gotten a bill for something they can't afford to pay, or they might be facing, you know, a court date coming up, or you just, you just never know. So, so if if they want to tell tell me how they are. I, I, I make myself completely available for that, but try to just give them something out of the gate or give them some love. Like, just, it's good to see you. How you been? <laughs> that how you been wants to come out, doesn't it? It just wants right, to be right. there. Well, right, yeah, yeah. But I appreciate that because that's, that's like a non-threatening, like it, it kind of puts the ball in, in their court if they want to share something specific, they can. And if not, you're not you know, making them by, by demanding an answer. Um, yeah. With, with that, with that said, l let me try to, let me try to hone in on this idea. So, Hey Nathan, um, do you have any rashes or impending bills that are stressing you out? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not in debt. I, I am, I'm, I'm all caught up on everything and I'm rash free today. Knock on wood. That's great. That's great. Okay. Well, that's, I can work with that. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty blessed in the uh, like rash allergy department. I, I, I have a. I'm pretty. I abuse it too. I, I take it way, way too for granted. But I got a pretty strong constitution. Mm, that's good. Abuse it as far as as far as what? Well, I, I just, you know, I, I still smoke. I don't necessarily eat consciously. Um, I don't exercise and, you know, I do a lot of, which has, has been, has worked for me my whole life, but I do see as the <laughs> older I get, the less that's probably going to work out. Um, sure. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the strong constitution is, it's a mixed, mixed blessing and it, it enables you to not be too conscious. Mm -hmm. I remember back when I, when I was when I was on in the early days of touring with amusement and I, I always marveled because they were like so in tune with like, Oh, I really need to eat. Like they would even like, they, they could tell they were getting grumpy because they hadn't eaten. I never had that relationship with my body. I, I, I just, I just assumed everything sucked all of a sudden. And I was just right about <laughs> that. I had no idea. I just needed a sandwich. <laughs> I just was, I don't even, no, I don't want to eat right now. Everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, 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 that's why it sucks. Just eat uh, the sandwich. Sort of, I remember just ha having a whole revelation about that. I was like, wow, I never, I've ne every, I never even thought about myself. I know that's got to be true sometimes. Never, ne the idea never hit me that maybe I needed some sleep. Maybe I needed a glass of water. Maybe I needed a sandwich. Right. <laughs> And and that's and that stuff still, for the most part, would you say that eludes you to this day? It 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 does. It I I can, but I can I can tell the benefits of things. Like if I do, you know, when I do 
I just got a, a membership to the YMCA, so I've been going there and trying to kick up my game a little bit. And I can I can enjoy the benefits of wise decisions. You used to uh, used to work at the Y, right? I did. Yep. Back during my first retirement. <laughs> <laughs> that was what two thousand four ish. Yep, four ish. Okay. But, well, yeah, when the amusement broke up. Uh, right. For okay. The, for the second time, and I moved back to Virginia, and uh, got a got a job at the YMCA. Doing. Uh, Working with kids, if I recall, like magic? No, I was really just the desk, the front desk guy. I would give you your towels and take your membership card. But all the kids did uh, eventually refer to me as the magic man because I was really into magic at the time. And it was the perfect place to be a magician because I, I had a table in front of me. You know, like the whole, the whole thing was just laid out almost like a magic shop or something. And a lot of people just sort of come and buy the desk and... I would, you know, take their membership card and then float it through the air into the box and, you know, just work it, work it in there. And I just always had a captive audience for people passing by. It was almost like busking. I, mean, I, could, I could try the same trick a hundred times in a day on different people as they pass by. Did you enjoy that, that phase of you, of your life? It was a good phase. Yeah. It, yeah, I did. I did enjoy that. It was, uh, I, I I was I, I was still like I don't know th there was a part of me trying to tell myself I was leaving like the music world behind but I was writing like crazy about it. <laughs> mm, mm. it was, I wrote the whole right, album. Right. I wrote the whole album in his own worlds, which is still one of my favorite albums I ever made. Uh, yeah. During that time, just <clears throat> so so I I knew I knew I was uh, still it's still in there still doing it right right and then and then of course kind of right out of that you know surprise me mr davis would start up and and you exactly you know, release that album and had a whole other other renaissance so um that that seems that seems to be like um a current a current trend um for you and and correct me if i'm wrong um but you know, I, I was I was hanging with uh, with Chad Galactic the other day, and um, we were talking about you, and um, yeah, just just kind of marveling at the the um, the the amount of of different projects you seem to like, kind of go through that you get really uh, into for a period, and and kind of become your world and then uh and then seem to just like become just part of history a, a part of your your legacy or something i mean you know just off the top of my head it's like um you know at, even in in just the last the last half a dozen years it's like uh you know you had the the um, hippie fiasco tour and then the record and then um you had the the cavalcade and uh, the radio show and, and mm -hmm. now, right. you know, most recently the whole other, and, and we were kind of like simultaneously like, wow, Nathan, you know, has so many cool projects and so much creative output, but like kind of wondering also, like you kind of like end up being a musical or creative serial monogamist, you know, where how, like wondering why <laughs> things don't, don't last, you know, longer or, or you don't stick around to see them out more and wondering if you had any thoughts on, 
on that. Right, it's a good question. It it uh, it's one of the, one of the things I I love hate about me for sure. <clears throat> I, it uh, I, I I I seem to do that with a with almost everything when it comes to music too. Like when my brother gave me a clarinet, like for a good like four months. Like especially after I had started to get it a little bit, then I was really getting it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I was, and it, I, I was completely convinced I was put on the planet to play the freaking clarinet. Just like this is my, this is it. This is like, <laughs> this is like finally letting my music out. Like this is like, and who would have thought it? And you know, and and like just in there, I'm just in in and and then you know, I sort of come out the other side, and I'm like, "Well, okay." I'm not that good on clarinet, but that was pretty amazing. <laughs> right, right. So then I like finally hear someone actually play clarinet, and I'm like, "All oh, right, I, I can't actually play this thing hardly at all." What was that all about? What was that delusional stretch? But at the same time, it was like a love affair that inspired me and did inform my music and did change me musically. And uh, mm. so, I mean, it was it was. It was, you know, like each 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 thing I find is like a sponge full of like a finite amount of inspiration and I just start squeezing. Yeah. So, I mean, so really it's like, I, I guess what I'm hearing is like in one light, you can look at it as like projects maybe come and go, but in another light, it's like really they just kind of all become part of this like tapestry that informs your artistry and creative journey. It's true. Yeah, it, it it definitely does. And, you know, once, I mean, the radio, you could talk about anything like that. And uh, the uh, I, li- I like the that sponge metaphor. I never thought of it that way before. But <clears throat> that, you know, w- once, once I've wrung out the sponge of all the inspiration, all the stuff I have to learn from it, then, like, I mean, really, like, at the end of the day, I'm a songwriter. And yeah. everything, yeah. And, and, and once people, anybody that knows me well knows that that's all I am and that everything I do on maybe too deep of a level is for the sake of the song. And it's just like new inspiration, new perspectives, new chops, new, I mean, and, and you could look at the fiasco or the radio show, even even those things, which are projects even beyond the musical stuff but that completely inf- wrote a wrote songs that that process i wrote songs to that process or because of that process or from that process <laughs> or from that project or experience you know it's it's inspiration not not only is it inspiration but it's it's education too and the way those things impact just me as a musician on a deeper level is is i don't know hopefully it's it's stuff that accumulates in an interesting way I, I don't necessarily know about that but we'll see when when you say me as a musician is that are you referring to something separate as like a as like you as a songwriter or is that is that a pretty um blurry line for you that's a good question i think like definitely with the with the clarinet phase and I mean, one thing, one thing that definitely, I might be, hopefully this isn't a tangent, but when I, when I, that during that YMCA phase and shortly after that, when I finally realized I was really going to be living back in Virginia and sort of planting some roots, I started acquiring like instruments because I'd been a hobo for 20 years. 
I had one guitar at a time and, you know, lived a, a sort of lifestyle that was traveling very light. Everything could fit in the van or a suitcase at times and just sort of live that mobile lifestyle. So then when I was settling down, all of a sudden I would like, I bought a pump organ, I bought a piano, I bought a cello, the clarinet like sort of led, led the whole thing off because it just made me fascinated about myself as a musician apart from my songwriting i i i i because I, uh, i'd spent so as so long identifying really only as a songwriter like the idea that i was a musician was not something i would necessarily take seriously not not just because of my respect and love for what i consider to be musicians but it just was never really part of my identity but then when i started playing that clarinet that joe bought me all of a sudden, I was that the thing that was so fascinating to me for one was that I was just playing music. When when I'm with mm. with all the songwriting, there's so much of my ego involved in creating a song, and I don't, I don't necessarily just mean ego in in a in a bad way. It's just sort of like inherent, like you're revealing parts of yourself and you're searching and you're thinking about all these things. All of a sudden, I'm just playing clarinet and feeling like a musician for the first time in my life and i was like oh my god i have been playing music my whole life i i've played so much music and yeah. and just to like like give myself over to like this put this pot this little musician inside and uh it was so exciting and and just um liberating that I got, that I got super fascinated with it, and just started buying all these instruments and playing all of them. I was like, I want to play them. I just want to play them all. <laughs> the The best thing about the the clarinet was one thing I realized because with all the other instruments, I would play them for a few seconds, and it would it wouldn't take very long till I was writing a song. It was like uh -huh. even all through when I was younger, I could never practice scales even on guitar because a few minutes into practicing a scale I'm I'm writing a song I, I just couldn't do it but the clarinet shoves something in my mouth <laughs> like, right yeah yeah you can't you can't sing you, you can't, can't just talk. start you yeah. can't just start flowing over this <laughs> right did you but did you find maybe you were writing melodies or or not so much not so much I was never really a big melody guy if if I could have anything it would probably be a, a a better gift of melody but uh okay but mood punctuation um reaction uh lifting you know like the the piece piece of music i was a, a part of like definitely like ev evoking an, an emotion um that kind of stuff with with what word melodies technically for sure but I never wrote a melody on clarinet that I could play you now. I I mean that that kind of seems to me like the role of of a musician as opposed to a songwriter or a composer because you know where the songwriter or composer is going to like basically create the structure for which the musicians um, communicate a, a particular message, um, 
it's but it's up to to the musicians or the band or the orchestra to essentially like add add life to that and interpret it in ways so the music more you know more closely represents what that songwriter is trying to convey uh through words or emotion um or notes on the page and like you know in a way that can resonate with people more to me so so to me that hearing you say that sounds like that's actually a really appropriate use of like that sounds like yeah you're kind of taking on this musician role instead of a songwriter role so liberating nice yeah true truly it's it's I'll, i'll always i mean i i don't i don't really think that i have the talent for it but it's definitely a completely romantic idea to me just to to be a musician <clears throat> as opposed to a personality or a front man or a writer or whatever to be you know i think it's one of the reasons brad loves surprising mr davis so much he's like i can just be a guitar player <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember seeing that liberation in him and i i can relate to that my my problem is is that my energy is so weirdly intense or something that i i i can't not be distracting even if i'm playing clarinet i'm going to it's not even that i'm going to steal the show with how good i am i'm just going to steal the show (laughs) (laughs) and i don't mean to do it i'll i'll steal the show like trying so hard not to be distracting but my energy my energy is weird like that to confirm that i mean i've seen you play like you know, a, a four note melodica solo that brought down the house, you know, nice. with like an amazing, you know, amazing band behind you. So I would say that that's, that's correct. It's, a, it's only because they can like psychically feel my, my love and my hope and my, my, uh, my scream. I, I think that's true. I mean, I, th- I think that I, I, I think that's absolutely true. And I, and I think that's really, I feel like that's why your music resonates with so many people because your essence, I feel like is, you know, is really, is really conveyed and, and your vulnerability and your love and your hope and your despair and your humor and your cynicism. Um, you know, it's, it's all, it's all kind of like laid out, you know, you, you definitely have your, your heart on your sleeve if, uh, and, and, and I feel like that, you know when you when you perform you that you really invite people into that space to to really get to know you in that way um and i and i feel like that that is a you know ab- above all i mean i i think just be, being authentic and being vulnerable um which i think you do very well um whether you intend it or not um are are things that are really important and uh rare in in today's like you know well not not maybe not extremely rare but you know it maybe rarer than it should be you know in in different musical um acts or performers and and i think that's a big reason that people are are drawn to you because they crave that like humanness it's it's a rare weird gift for sure it's not that i it's not i don't wear my heart on my sleeve my i was born with my heart on my sleeve I've been trying to get it off my freaking sleeve my whole life and it's still there like still pulsing it's 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 a little you know it looks rough it looks rougher than it did 
in the past, but it it's still there, just thumping away. But would you would you have it? But would you have it any other way? If you, I mean, like, or let me ask you this: is is that something you look for uh, in other musicians that you are drawn to? Mm, that's a good question. Not really. Okay. Well, what do you what do you look for? And and I I guess I mean less less about the heart and the sleeve, but more about the you know authenticity or vulnerability. Well, I don't I don't necessarily look for authenticity or vulnerability in the in the music that I love. I it usually has those qualities, but that's not what I I'm never necessarily seeking that. I I just want to be broken open by it, what whatever it is. You hear a great song, and you're just like, oh, holy moly, whoa, and it it you know that goes all the way back to when I was a kid and my dad would stop the cassette and rewind a line in a song and be like did you hear that and he would play the line back and 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 uh I would hear it I'd be like oh my god you're right and uh I'm just I'm just always looking to be blown away like that that's that's awesome I didn't I didn't know so was your dad like a big a big music lover big music lover yep his whole his whole life he never played and never never wrote songs or anything but since he was a kid music was his big love of his life he had a big relationship with 45 record he had his whole record collection from when he was a kid and he you know he was alive during such an amazing musical time the 60s and all that kind of stuff so he was he was on the front line right there getting the 45 the day it was released and running back home with rick cook to put it on the record player and being late for dinner every day because he couldn't tear himself away from the new bob dylan record or whatever you know Mm -hmm. yeah and he he was he was he was all in for all that he loved it was he kind of like your main mentor at a time when it came to passing on that you know that love and appreciation of music yeah yeah I i would say he's definitely the the first in that my uh my mom and dad got divorced when I was like four. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a, a daily thing. And I'm I'm thankful now that my mom listened to music as well. She wasn't like dad in terms of her her love for that, but at the same time she she loved she had albums and eight track tapes in the car and stuff like that. So there's so music seemed was Music seemed important to everybody to me, and then Dad seemed like an expert. So I'm, I'm I'm just really grateful for for all that all that music being around. Yeah, he must be really really proud of you. I would I would assume. Yeah, he yeah he's been super su- supportive and has enjoyed the whole trip. I think. Nice. He's a good judge of songs too. I'd say. Yeah, right, right, yeah. He hadn't he hadn't always been right, but he's always he's always told me what he thought. I'm gonna turn a corner for a second, and um, just wondering if you could. You're you're such a you're such a prolific songwriter. I mean, that's you know, that's just kind of like not really questionable. Like your your output is, I mean, you've written like hundreds. I don't know, maybe thousands of songs. I don't I don't really know. Maybe you have a, I'm sure you have a better grasp, um, but, uh, and constantly seem to be 
you know, producing really good songs. Um, I'm wondering if you could maybe bring the listener in, uh, the listeners in to maybe like a, a bit about how that works for you. Um, I'm going to offer one um, anecdote that you told me once that stuck with me that maybe can be a good um, point to jump off from. But um, if I remember, you, you kind of, yeah. So you, you, uh, this was, um, you know, several years ago, uh, we were at, at High Sierra and, and we were talking about songwriting and you said um, something about like, you'll, you'll get an idea for a song and it's like, it's like you see, you see like a, you see a squirrel <laughs> running behind a tree and you're like, oh, you, you know, you're looking for that squirrel and you kind of know it's there because you just saw its tail, but you know, it kind of like runs away and you don't, it scurries in the distance. You don't really see it, but then you kind of, you know, you know that you saw part of it and you kind of like trying to like piece that together. That's, that's kind of what I walked away. Right. I think, I think it was a raccoon behind trash cans. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like you're, you're it, as, as a songwriter, you're like a song hunter and they're out there everywhere all around you at all times, but they're really good at hiding. And if you, and, and if you, when you spot one, you know, like you're, you, it's like, it's like my cat or whatever, when he gets in, in predator mode, you just immediately, all your senses heighten the hair stands up on your head, your whiskers stick out, and all your all your senses are sparked, and and like you see, you, you see its tail sticking out from behind the trash can. You're like, okay, it's there. It's behind the trash cans. I that uh, your job as a songwriter is to lay eyes on the whole raccoon to see the whole thing. So so you have to immediately suss out the situation. You're like, oh, okay. Do I need to be sneak? Do I have to like sneak up on this thing? Do I have to be patient and sit here and wait for it to come out? Or, sh or should I charge the trash cans full? You know, what what's going to work to, to lay eyes on this entire beast? And uh, I, I do I do still like that analogy because it, it that, that that makes a lot of sense to me. Sometimes yeah. you're you're like. Oh, I, I, I need some strawberries and a box and a stick. <laughs> <laughs> and you go out and you, you know, build an elaborate trap for it. You know, you might have to look away in order to ever see it. You, 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 these are all things that only a true hunter could, could completely follow. I, I love, I love um, this metaphor. Um, I'm wondering if at the same time, though, you could you know take it take it a give it give it a m some more i i'm sure it's different for every song but maybe like give it some more concrete like so what does that look like getting strawberries in a stick and and how do you how do you charge the trash can like what would be some different approaches that and and also where does this squirrel you know come from does it it just kind of <laughs> you're walking around and, and and it appears you get a a one lyric idea or you know is it, are you sitting out a guitar trying to write a song? You know, like talk us through it a little more. It's funny where where the thing comes from. That's that's an answer that will always get you in trouble because you're bound to be wrong no matter what you say. There, there's a uh, I've read so many songwriters trying to talk about where songs come from, and it's it's a uh, 
it's it's a it's a mystifying thing and there's some that are like oh come on you, you it's not mystical it doesn't exist without you you're just creating it all in your head and then creating this sort of elaborate ethos around it or something that's that's more of an illusion than it's true and then but then you have other songwriters that are completely mystified by where they come from and feel like they come to you so whole that there's no way they couldn't have existed without you and uh it's i don't know it's i don't know i don't think there's a right answer to that but the uh no matter what no matter where it comes from the fact that it gets revealed to you or the fact that it suddenly appears whether it's from within or without is still mystifying and and still will drive every songwriter absolutely crazy i mean you think about think about like the 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 one hit wonders out there the people that wrote like one amazing song and the rest are sort of eh it's, mm-hmm. it's okay how crazy does that drive them i i did it once right. i wrote this great <laughs> song yeah. everybody loves it it's so yep. fun to sing every word's perfect <laughs> why can't i do it again and <clears throat> it it's no comfort whatsoever Wherever you decide the source is, the fact that you'd never see a whole one ever again is going to mystify you. But, but would you would you relate that to craft or to luck? You know, because because at some point, like you know, you you have to, and, and maybe this is the case for the one hit wonder. It's like, is it really just you know they got this one idea that was better than all their others and. I mean, at at some point, it, it must come down to like, to being uh, well versed in your craft and knowing how to how to draw it out and and make it presentable. I, I definitely think that you can, and most most songwriters do, and and most songwriters write tons of great songs. I think, at least all the all the ones I've loved, I pretty much love mm-hmm. their whole <laughs> catalog. There, there's right. there's very few songwriters that I'm actually selective in in what I like from them, but they're just they're mm. they're true natural born hunters. They 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 live their life on that kind of prowl, and uh and they and they develop their own tricks and their own style and strategy. But they they do get get good at it. So I, there, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of craft there. It, it's yeah that it's 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 a it's a it's a crazy divide between the one hit wonders and the true songwriters yeah and and did you feel like you kind of always just were a natural at it no <laughs> i wish okay. i wish i wish that yeah all that stuff was me talking about my heroes not really reflecting on myself I don't think I would have been one of my heroes. Why is that? Well, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, that's it's actually. I mean, who knows? I, 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 I definitely know that it would have been a nothing, nothing like before I was twenty-five for sure. <laughs> Every everything from like fourteen to twenty five was was uh was stuff I would would have no interest in if I wasn't me. I, I 
whereas all my uh, all my heroes heroes were sort of amazing from day one. So I don't know what that is. I don't I don't know what that means. My my dad sometimes says I'm the Pete. He he says Pete Rose was like that. Like he didn't actually have natural talent, but he had such a love for the game and determination to be a part of it that he he got himself there through just effort and determination and hard work. I I feel like I feel like maybe I mean I I know more about the musician world than the songwriter world as far as like individual biographies but but I feel like that's not that rare to I I feel like most you know great artists it it takes a a ton of sheer you know work and 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 sweat to get to a point on their their craft or their instrument to to make it feel like a natural like I don't know do you, it doesn't seem like that is wholly uncommon or, or would somehow diminish your your uh, ability in any way or, or gift or something yeah I mean I I, I think it's still completely re- respectful and and uh, and especially as a as a craftsman, I think that I don't, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it. But I just when I look through who my heroes actually are, they they were pr- pretty unique souls. That even even when I find the oldest recording of them I possibly could, I I I feel that spark of what I love right there. So so who who are we talking about specifically? Like my original five were Bob Dylan. Tom Waits, Leonard Cohen, John Prine, and Greg Brown was like the 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 one that rounded off my my original five. He was sort of came later, and maybe he's like the closest of an example. Of more, I think I threw Greg Brown in there just to make one of them sort of more uh, relatable <laughs> to me because I think I, I I suspect that his trajectory was sort of sort of similar to a certain extent, it, and it's hard to find early recordings of his. Okay, well, but okay, so Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, you know, I'm I'm sure you know a bit about those guys, but like Leonard Cohen has has a reputation for like toiling over his work, and and you know, like you know, and it, he's he's kind of been famously compared to to Bob Dylan in the sense of you know like Bob Dylan will just you know pour out all these songs in in a short amount of time and you know like I think the old you know adage is like Bob Dylan wrote Blowing in the Wind in you know 20 minutes or something and you know Leonard Cohen wrote Hallelujah in in five years or something like that right so so I mean I, I wouldn't I don't know if I would say that you know somebody who puts that much effort into revision and editing and uh it's just pure spark yeah right, right. It's, it's clearly like somebody working really hard at their craft like in, in a more like Pete Rose fashion to me seems. right right and that's not at all to diminish anyone in that position you know i mean like i'm only as as good as i am at music because i put in that time and i don't feel like that's you know i don't think i had any like really strong like natural ability uh maybe like a little bit of just like 
yeah, maybe a little bit, but really it's, you know, I used to suck like everyone did, you know, and, and I progressively have been sucking less each year, you know, and that's basically as good as I hoped, (laughs) you know, that's basically the story, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I I definitely, I don't, I, I, I don't rebel against any of that for sure. And and the and the whole question of whether or not I I would I would have uh, been a hero of mine is is something I've never thought about before. <laughs> so I was pretty stumped by the pondering there. I'm like, hmm, right. It was especially thinking of my early years. It was it was easy for me to see how I I wouldn't have had the patience for any of that. But but who knows? Let me ask you this: What are you what are you most proud of of your of your work? so far like uh let me think about that i don't know a bunch of answers came rushing to the front and they got in a little fight (laughs) okay it doesn't have to be one they're still scrapping outside the door seeing which one gets to come in (laughs) i mean it's you know because there's just so many ways to think about it, like in terms of specific songs or ethic or diligence or projects or relationships. There, there, there's, there's stuff I'm really proud of in all those categories. Uh, let's start with relationships. What do you, what do you mean? What are you even referring to? Well, things like. I saw this band once called The Slip and I thought they were the coolest band I'd ever seen in my whole life. And I actually managed to become friends with them and start a band with them. You know, like, that's that still sort of blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, that, and that, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a relationship that came from the, from the music. <clears throat> And uh, m- music has really, you know, brought me the the most significant, for the most part, a, a, a lot of the most significant relationships in my life, from my from my bandmates to, you know, to the way we relate as a community here in Stanton of musicians and stuff like that. It's it's a it's it's a beautiful thing. What uh, what sort of relationships have have uh what's what's the scene there like for you these days in Stanton? well at the moment at the moment it's definitely lex in terms of the yeah the uh the deep the deeper stuff you know beyond just the the whole musical community which is a very rich fun musical community here in stanton very blessed by that and it it's still what we do when we party and i, I love that <clears throat> That's great, yeah. but but uh, definitely you know meeting meeting Lex, and and then finding this music that we made together that was fresh and exciting to to both of us, and uh, and having a partner in crime like that. I mean, we're we're you know pretty much he and his his family are are best friends with with me and my family, and uh, so it's 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 a it's a beautiful relationship there born from the music and and what's uh and what is that so i know you guys did this california tour which which really regrettably i 
I was, uh, you know, I was on the East Coast for that whole that whole week. Um, how are you feeling about that project? Is can can we expect more from the whole other anytime soon? Well, the, we we're definitely playing on Jam Cruise with uh with Holly Bowling as our special featured guest. We had this magic experience with Holly out in at the La Sierra Hoedown, and uh, they gave us basically this garage to ourselves for the weekend with a PA and even lights and everything that we could just do whatever we wanted to. We called it the collaboratory. And, nice. but one of the, one of the beautiful things ever since Lex and I started doing this project and at about the same time I was getting to know Holly and we, we played a little bit together on jam cruise. And I was like, wouldn't it be so cool that, like to play with Holly? Cause she's like a, you know, a soloist and we're, we're just laying down these groove, these beds that are just ripe for frolicking in. And, uh, and she actually was on tour and stayed at at our my house here and actually played her one of Lex and I's practices and she played piano along to it and then i recorded her playing along to us uh, uh to a, her playing along to a recording of one of our band practices and i recorded that and then i played it for Lex the next night i was like hey here's Holly jamming with us and so like from day 1 we always sort of imagined uh, her is like this this third honorary member of of what we were up, up to, and then at La Sierra we finally got to all three play together, and it was so cool. It was it was it was, it was just really really neat how that felt, and uh, and so serendipity is is putting us together again, and we're doing we're gonna perform together on Jam Cruise. The uh, awesome, but but that's that's sort of an aside from from what Lex and I are up to. We definitely. I mean, it's 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 tough because we we love what we're doing. I love. It's inspiring to me. I've written a ton of songs because of the project. It inspires me. It's 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 more fun than I could even explain. And and sort of like hearkening back to that whole, am I a musician or a songwriter? Like the the whole other definitely has aspects of both of those things sort of coming together in, in one project. It's the first time I played electric guitar my whole professional career, really first electric guitar I've owned since high school. And we go through long stretches in almost every song where we're really just sort of trying to let go and listen and find new musical terrain to explore. It's like a Star Trek episode or something. We, and, it, and it really is just sort of about letting go and just letting music come out. And, and uh, so there's, that's, that all, that all goes back to that, that clarinet is, if it wasn't for that clarinet, there'd be no whole other. Mm. It's it's all it's all part of that exploration, and then and then you know when I now now that I've been doing the whole other for a while, when I I'm getting ready to to go on tour with the Bar Brothers just as a solo troubadour, and I was like, oh, I, I even to, I I told Lex I was like, all right, I'm gonna have to take a little break from the whole other because I got to get my troubadour hat back on. I can't just like, it's it it it's weird how in things I become and it's not just so easy just to go from one thing to the other so for the last few weeks I've just been playing tenor guitar and trying to get a different hat on for the for the Bar Brothers tour because I'm going to be but as I've been practicing for that I'm 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 like I have this little loop pedal down beneath me and it's super easy for me now just to go ding 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 get a little thing going 
and then start playing a little bit over it, not like as a big fancy solo, but just as a little pat, you know, it stretches out those three-minute folk songs. So I'm, I'm looping a little bit and, and playing little leads over it that is all coming from the whole other. And uh, so everything does in, definitely inform everything else. And yeah. it, 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 I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, as you were saying earlier. Yeah. Big time, yeah. big time. That's great. Like the the clarinet, like changed changed my singing so much. It's crazy crazy how it sort of affected that. But then you look at like the radio show, like the radio show affected me so deeply as a songwriter because when you're doing a radio show, you really get uh, uh, eventually you get like hyper aware of like how exciting is it is is it moving is it keeping people's attention is it or you know like. I started and I was accepting songs from all my friends and like playing friends music. And I would start to realize which songs I would gravitate to, I'd, you know, listen to a whole record and be like, that one's going on the radio, that one, you know, like, mm. and, and my sense of like, what was, what would keep an audience, what would keep people engaged? What, what, you know, what would keep, yeah. What would keep them engaged? The radio brought all that stuff into the, the radio show I was doing brought so much into the foreground of, of, thinking like that and so it, it it really is as really as a songwriter that i i do all these things and i mean the the funny thing is is that each one is also like this entirely like could be a whole life the hippie fiasco was like a huge marketable thing like that you know i, I could have just done that the rest of my life i, I could have done <laughs> the radio the rest of my life i any of these things i could just do the rest of my life but I, I I never had that intention going in, and and that when it eventually got to that contemplation, it was over. Yeah, I mean, it's you probably would have dried up, you know. Oh, there ain't no way. I'm a songwriter. Well, I mean, you would have dried up just doing the one thing, though. You know, that's what. Yeah, no, yeah, I was right. agreeing. Oh, with okay, you. I see. I mm-hmm. see. Yeah, it, it, it's it's an exciting way to, uh, you know, as 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 a fan at this point kind of predictably anticipate like there's going to be some other new new project new new band new collaboration new multimedia extravaganza event that you know is going to propel you into the next um into the next phase of of your songwriting career and um it's it's just cool to you know to to hear you kind of acknowledge how that yeah really just all it, it it's all kind of comes from the same place, but but expresses itself in all these unique ways, and um, it's yeah, that's you know that that in itself is is a rare is a rare quality. You know, a lot of people just write songs, make records, and uh, a lot of them are, you know make some great records, and that's great, and nothing wrong with that. But to, to you know, but it, it's 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 exciting to to see you kind of grow and and blossom but always kind of be yourself in all these different fresh contexts too yeah it it definitely keeps you know a, a lot of it too is not even you know I, I talk about the 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 inspiration and the songs and all the stuff that comes from different projects and i think that's really important but it also just sort of keeps you keeps you young keeps you doing stuff keeps you learning new things like you know mm-hmm. even what the what with the fiasco, we had to, you know, we we learned how to do all kinds of stuff, how to webcast, how with the, you know, it, it was twenty four seven like technology learning curve like crazy. Yeah, right. And with 
whether it's recording in here or doing the radio show, you're, I, I was I was learning all this stuff. Like, oh, how how do you have a commercial or creating station IDs or and and, and you know you just the the amount the amount of stuff that you can just be learning all the time. It, it I think that sort of helps keep you young at heart to a certain extent because you're just like. I don't know how to do what I'm trying to do right now. I'm going to have to, you know, and then you figure it out. Yeah. And that kind of stuff is, it's just good to keep, keep the brain working. Totally. I'm, I'm totally with you. I didn't know how to make a podcast until earlier, you know, six months ago or whatever. And it's, it's big learning curve. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. And it's super exciting. And you're like, Oh, okay. I got yeah. it. I yeah. got, this is cool. And, and you just feel inspired. You feel like you can do stuff. And that's, it's cool. I mean, with Lex and I, the technology learning curve was insane. It's, there's so many questions. We'd be in forums going, how can we be the only two people wondering how to do this? <laughs> it, it almost makes us feel special. But on the other hand, like, what is, what's going on? Is, is nobody doing anything out there? I don't know. But we've, we've, we've had so many questions we just had to figure out for ourselves to achieve what we're trying to pull off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah. I love that stuff. You know, the geek, the geek in us. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right. Well, I know, I know it's, it's late there. I, I should say, you know, it's, it's about one fifteen your, your time. We started recording a little after midnight. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to keep you too long, but, um, just, just, I'm just going to just try this, try this question out and see if it, if it goes anywhere or not. But, um, do you believe in God? Do I believe in God? Absolutely. Yeah. What and what is that? I, yeah. I, I, okay. I, I could. I could say. I, I could definitely say that. With, I've been singing to God my whole life. It'd be sort of weird to question question it now. <laughs> Do you believe in God? I would say yes. Um, I would say yes with a with a disclaimer of the God I believe in is not maybe um, totally aligned with the Judeo-Christian norms of monotheistic, all-knowing, all all-fearing all God that is portrayed in, right. in the Old Testament. Um, but, uh, but as far as our whole existence as living things in the universe being connected by some divine spiritual nature uh with with perhaps some loving intelligence behind it uh or or not um i i i believe you know in the, in more of that sense of of the divine being right. within all of us what what about what is it like for you well definitely all of that all of the above the uh, I mean, it, it almost harkens back to the, to the w whether the source is within or without. It's it's no less mystifying. The but mm. the 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 uh, oh god! I mean that <laughs> it's it's definitely one of those things that that words are going to fail. Sure. Yeah. And that's and that's what's so beautiful about God is, you know, love is all, all the big concepts are 
or words are, are gonna fail except they can like sort of feel right or ring a bell or think they can they can hearken to it leave an almost perfect trace <laughs> they they you know that the the magic that you feel in life the the serendipity the senses the the feeling of fate the feeling of love of true love of you know the of uh I don't know, angels pulling on your sleeve to get you to go down the right street to run into the perfect opportunity that doesn't make any sense. The, the, uh, the, just the, the whole, the whole mystical part, magical part of life, that inexplicable thing that sent a feeling of grace of, of, uh, I don't know, like you just, I feel like you haven't if, if if you if you don't believe in this inexplicable undefinable other <laughs> mm. um then then I don't, I don't I don't know you're you're you've you've uh you've severed some some tie or somehow to to the to the universe um to eternity and uh i don't i don't know i it's i i love how i stammer more than almost over any other question at that because it 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 makes sense that that uh i wouldn't be able to talk about god yeah right but i but i but i i can sing to god and i can write to god and i've been doing that i i i I have this song called Oh My God where it's like, Oh my God, who am I talking to if not you? Oh my God. I guess a lot of people would, would say the question then comes down to whether or not you think God hears you. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Is that is that relevant for you? I know it doesn't matter what I think. That's all I really know, I guess. <laughs> Hey man, you, you're you're the man. You you're I I let me just throw in there that that your your new project is very inspiring to me, and uh, I remember the the first night I really listened to it, it um it 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 was really healing music. It was very powerful, and uh, I I. I I'm grateful to you guys for the music you're making. I think it's really inspiring, and I imagine that the the reaction reaction is awesome out there. So so proud of you, and congratulations on that. Thanks, Nathan. That that means a ton. It's cool, man. It's really really cool. I just love I, the 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 vibe of it, the power of it. I just I, I can't wait to hear it in person. Totally. Look forward to that day. And. uh the, I, I've been I've been checking out your podcast and I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of that as well. Like you know, I I love podcasts, so I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to all the ones you've done. It's <clears throat> you're you're a good, curious, curious uh, guy with a with a big heart and a good listener, and so and you got great great uh, friends of some great musicians out there. I can't wait for you to probe into their world a little bit for us. So yeah. Thanks. 
Thanks, you, Nathan. You the man. That, that means a lot. <laughs> it means a, a ton coming from you. So really glad to to finally have you on the show as I you were obviously been been at the top of the list since the beginning. I just kinda wanted to to warm up a little before I uh brought you on. Well, we can we can do it again someday. I feel like we we, we just I feel like we just sort of flitted around the edges, and sort of like put our, our our pinky on the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, and I know there's 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 plenty more where where that came from. Do we need to bring it home on any level? Um Do you want to play a song? Sure. I'll I'll play you a song. I'll do that one I quoted. Tick-tock goes me lately I don't want time to hate me I just want it to slow But it won't do I don't know I am not my body It's the worst part of me I just pray when its day comes I still Got a ways to go Oh my God Who am I talking to? Oh my God If not you Oh my God I've been posing questions to the quiet and wondering how it might answer them and following all of the signs I've seen the trees with the angels and I've bled the gaping wound of sin forsook the wide I took the narrow now by my faith I beg and borrow God, who am I talking to? Oh my God, if not you, oh my God. Coming home to stay ready, my bed, warm my meal. I'm sure I'll be starving and cold. But while I have these eyes, this tongue, if the older only wise when young, then let my love be sweat and true, and all I do be pleasing to you. God, who am I talking to? Oh, my God, if not you. Oh, my God, who am I talking to? Oh, my God, 
But if not you My God. And there you have it, folks. Nathan Moore, not much else to say. I, I will just comment that we went on for about another hour talking about God and politics uh, and um, decided not to include all that just because, you know, yeah, I guess it's a music podcast, but I do I do enjoy talking about that stuff too, but it seemed, yeah, maybe for another time. Thank you so much, Nathan, for coming on the show. It was fantabulous to have you and to speak with you. If you guys want to learn more about Nathan Moore, check out nathansland.com. And uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll just remind you one more time, I'm going to leave a link at the show notes too. Um, please check out the magic and the other kickstarter and contribute if you're listening to this before december 7th it would if you want to support this podcast that would be the way to do so at this time and support me i would so appreciate that all right that's a wrap i will see you next time i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make any time uh, uh agreements of uh i'm just gonna you can just expect the episode when it's ready um that's about the what i have been with for at this moment with all the other projects but i i still really am in love and doing these podcasts so um if it's even if it's been a while uh the ezra lebauer more or less is is not dead it's just been resting all right folks so much love to you have a great holiday season and uh i'll see you soon